Hello and welcome to the Luscious Living Podcast. I'm your host, Celine Vilgen, holistic nutrition consultant and the founder of Luscious Living, where personal growth meets wellness. Hello, beautiful. Welcome back to another episode of the Luscious Living Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about endometriosis and really the mind and body connection, as well as really the body connection as well. We're going to talk about what is endometriosis, because maybe you are thinking that it might be endo, or you might already know that you have endo. Um, But either way, we're going to go into some of the symptoms. Sorry, if you hear that loud car or motorcycle outside my window, Um, and really looking at how it's diagnosed, some of the root causes pain management. And I really believe that the mind-body connection is going to offer you something different. So if you know that you have endo, you don't need to listen to this first beginning part, Um, but I would really look at the root causes, pain management, and the mind-body connection there. And if you know that you have endometriosis or think you might, oh my god, you... I, 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 my heart goes to you for the pain that you have to experience um, when you're not even really doing anything because anyone who doesn't uh, have endometriosis, they don't know the pain. I do not have endometriosis, so I don't actually physically know, but I've just heard too many stories and my heart breaks when I hear that. And so my aim with this is that there is some kind of solution, maybe one thing that you haven't tried or one thing that you haven't heard before. And so, um, yeah, I just just want to provide that um, in this episode, okay? So let's get into what is endometriosis. And really, it is inflammation. So anytime you actually see um, isis or is, <laughs> um, so like pancreatitis, arthritis, it is an inflammatory condition. So this one is no different. It's an inflammation of the womb lining. Okay, that's going to create pain. And it can really, it grows primarily in the pelvic area, um, but also bladder, bowel, deep pelvic nerves for some. And the research suggests that about 10 to 15% of women um, can have endometriosis. And of course, the symptoms of endo are going to be massive pain. So painful periods, pain during intercourse and pain between periods. Um, Right? Okay. And then so that is going to really be the biggest, biggest symptom. And then heavy periods as well. Uh, One study found that 73% of women with endometriosis had heavier periods uh, compared to 20% of women in the control group. And then it, for some women, it can create some difficulty getting pregnant as well. Okay. So really, how do you know if you have endometriosis? Well, it's going to really come down to actually surgery. That's really the definitive diagnosis of endometriosis. So if you find yourself in pain before your period, uh, or really during your period, uh, in between and pain during intercourse, and it's a good sign, but it doesn't have to actually mean that it is endometriosis. It could be cysts, um, it could be fibroids as well, but really the surgery is the only official way, if you will. 
Um, but I think a lot of women, you know, that I talk to actually can sense if something is endometriosis as well, especially when it's linked to long-term gut health issues, but we're going to get into that. Okay. So after we've covered some of the symptoms, diagnosis, let's look at what can be some of the root reasons of why you might be having endometriosis. And again, I'm going to go over the physical, the body aspects, because it's still very unknown. There is no definitive black and white diagnosis or root cause of endometriosis, which makes it even more confusing and um, frustrating and disappointing, devastating at the same time. Okay, so let's come up with some solutions. So one thing is is interesting is there is a conversation of endometriosis being autoimmune and an autoimmune condition is when the body is essentially the immune system is attacking its own cells and that really on a physical level come down to having something called leaky gut so or intestinal um, impermeability or hyperpermeability And that is when you have essentially, this is just oversimplifying it, but holes in the gut lining and therefore toxins or food particles that wouldn't normally be entering the bloodstream get enter into the bloodstream because of damage to the gut lining. But again, you know, if you're here that there is always a solution to everything, including leaky gut. I actually used to have constant gut health issues. I was always bloated or just had digestive discomfort, sometimes gas. Uh, and, and I just want you to know that this is, you know, anything I say here, anything anyone tells you, let me say that is not official or permanent because I worked with women who were told they were going to have IBS forever. Um, and they don't have IBS anymore, or we're going to get a hysterectomy. And that was the only way to reduce fibroids or pain and no longer had to do any of those things. So no hysterectomy, uh, and fibroids shrunk. But if you Google it, it will tell you that uh, Google will tell you the first page that fibroids cannot be shrunk through foods or complementary therapies. Anyways, I'm opening up a can can of worms. I I think you can tell I get pretty damn, pretty dang passionate about that, but that's what I want to say. Okay. All right. So coming back to, is it autoimmune? Potentially. I do find that a lot of women that I've worked with have, who have endometriosis do have a history of gut health issues. And sometimes that was from um, a long-term vegan diet. Sometimes it was other issues as well. Um, But that is something to note that's really, really important. The other aspect of endometriosis is estrogen dominance. It is influential, but I do not believe that it is the only reason because there is a lot of women who have estrogen dominance, and I used to as well, um, who don't have endometriosis, okay? And that can actually lead to different challenges, though, depending on genetics. I really believe depending on mind-body connection as well. So some could have fibroids, some could have cysts, some could just have really bad PMS symptoms. Um, So it's all going to be different for every woman, as you know. But estrogen dominance is going to play a role here. And so that is really through a sluggish liver, which many of us have. Um, Then we are also, if we're not consistent with bowel movements, so daily bowel movements that are um, well 
defined bowel movements, if I can put it like that, right? So any bit of constipation, any bit of kind of like rabbit poops, um, any bit of diarrhea, that's all going to impact estrogen clearance. So we really want to make sure that we are eliminating our bowel movements daily. So that's going to happen with adequate water intake, through magnesium intake, through walks or any sort of movement as well, and fiber. But I'm not talking like fiber supplements in like psyllium husk and things like that, but really just having whole foods, fibrous foods, such as pears and broccoli and kale and potatoes. Okay. And so estrogen dominance, endometriosis, it can be a bit of a chicken and an egg situation because estrogen dominance does impact everything else in the body. Um, it impacts the yeasts in the body, okay, or like the growth. It impacts yeah, gut health and dis gut dysbiosis. Um, so there is an important play here, and you can tell if you have estrogen dominance with your period. So again, breast tenderness, uh, acne along the jawline, mood swings, weepiness, a period that's irregular, that's all estrogen there, okay? The other aspect of this we've covered is it autoimmune, so looking at gut health, we're looking at estrogen, also want to look at gut, gut dysbiosis, so that is really meaning the bacteria that we have in, in the gut, we want it to be mostly good bacteria, and then we do that through pre and probiotics. And if we don't have enough of the good guys, um, this is what I was experiencing is a form of candida where it's like this big craving for muffins and cookies and just those kind of simple carbohydrates, sugars, um, feeling kind of sluggish and not even realizing it. Um, or, you know, and uh, if someone is experiencing like yeast infections or, or athlete's foot, that also makes a difference there. And then the other two aspects here is environmental toxins, right? And so unfortunately, a lot of conventional makeup and beauty products and household cleaning products contain different chemicals that are endocrine disrupting, so hormone disrupting. So, you know, one of the, the simplest things is to have, say, natural candles at home um, that are made with beeswax or coconut or soy without those really strong fragrances. Um, another one is to start to see, see, you know, can I have natural makeup, like maybe natural mascara or a blush? Um, that's how I started, actually, because I used to do the whole like Maybelline and um, like Lee Swatier and that kind of stuff. And I think uh, I, my nails, I still definitely do like the regular and I know it's not good for me. But you know what? It's one thing. <laughs> it's one thing that I do. Um and, you know, I, I'm never going to say I will be perfect and I'll say that. Um, and then what else? You know, I started actually going to link my favorite makeup product for you in this chat because uh, I quite, quite love it. And they're Canadian and female led. Um, okay, so environmental toxins. And the last one is liver function. As I mentioned, liver and estrogen dominance is going to come hand in hand, but if you are, you know, having creaky joints, trouble making decisions, if you um, have a bit of yellowing around the eyes, I'd be, that's a lot more of an um, extreme version, the yellowing around the eyes. But liver function is so key. And so many of us have been on some kind of medication. We have drinking um, once or twice in our lives or alcoholic drink. Um, and then, you know, our, our liver is a master detoxifier and it gets burdened with the amount 
of um, chemicals, you know, artificial chemicals that we have in the environment. So with that, there are solutions to everything. Okay. So I'm not going to go into liver function in this episode here. Um, but on my Instagram, I do share a little bit more. Um, but other than that, I just really want to recap. So if is auto is, is endometriosis autoimmune potentially. Okay. So we have to look at gut health, but we have to look at other factors like estrogen dominance, gut microbiome, environmental toxins, and liver function. Okay. So with that, then we can actually go into a strategy and address each of those organ systems and each of those, those, those pathways of, of clearance of detoxification naturally so that we can actually cross off. Okay. You know, um, is this, is this body function working at its optimum? Right. And then that's how we really create a strategic, strategic plan. So with that, my loves, I want to talk about really how we can actually go about managing the pain and looking at how do we start to feel better with endometriosis, reduce pain. So this is not an end all be all. Okay. And, um, I just want to share some helpful tips here. So the first one is to eat a hormone balancing diet. Okay. That's really going to look at healthy fats. This could be avocado, walnut, salmon. I want you to also incorporate cruciferous vegetables cooked like it is your job. Okay. So this is the turnips, the rutabagas, the broccoli, cabbage, kale, spinach is not in, in this family and have this multiple times a week and, you know, have different recipes. And I'm going to, I'm going to link you actually a hormone balancing diet recipe plan in the description so that you have an idea and maybe even try some of the recipes. This is critical. Blood sugar balance is critical. This is when you're going to be having a, you know, a, a breakfast. And if you're not hungry or during breakfast, that's another conversation about digestive health, but a breakfast, high protein. So having <clears throat> oatmeal with walnuts and chia seeds. Um, maybe it's having a vegetable omelet. Maybe it's having a chia seed pudding. Okay. And this is also really being consistent with lunch, with dinner, really, really important. I know for me, um, especially more so in the past, I would feel so good, so good if I skipped lunch. Cause it's like, okay, saved 400 calories or whatever it was. Um, but it always backfire in the end. Okay. So hormone balancing diet, we want to make sure you have adequate protein, chicken, fish, eggs, beef jerky, etc. Really important there. And then we want to really look at what are some of those aggravating foods. So gluten, dairy, soy. Um, I really am a fan of dairy now. I used to years ago not eat any dairy, but now I've switched over to grass-fed or the highest quality because I truly believe on a nutritional standpoint, these foods are so beneficial. But it's really often we need to get come off of them, especially the conventional version, to really be able to... Uh, see the difference, feel the difference. Okay. So I would do this for a few weeks even. Does that mean you can't eat your favorite ice cream? No, <laughs> no, not at all. But I would really just see what it's like to go without it and have an alternative to see if you notice a difference with bloating, with gas, etc. 
Of course, we're supporting gut health. I'm going to be releasing a whole episode on gut health, so stay tuned for that. But it's really looking at what are, what do we need to take out of the diet that's causing pain? What do we need to add in? What are the nutrients such as glycine and glutamates that are really going to be supportive of gut health? Then looking at prebiotics, probiotics, and more. The next one is, of course, my favorite tip is to increase magnesium. This is magnesium by glycinate specifically. Okay, so it can help reduce pain, but it can also help us go to the bathroom like we we're talking about and help to reduce inflammation. So those prostaglandins, really important. I would take a oil or a spray, ideally, that's the skin is how the body best absorbs magnesium and uh, have it by your bedside table three to four times a week, put it on at night. Okay, that's a big one there. All right, next tip is to increase turmeric and ginger. You want to ideally have uh, turmeric in its whole food form, and you want to add in some black pepper to increase bioavailability. If you are going to do a supplement, I would really find one that is is an excellent top-notch variety um, because otherwise, again, with supplements, sometimes through fads and things like that, like it's just marketed to us. And it's not always the best quality. So you're paying 30 bucks or 40 bucks for something that's meh, okay? And I want you to get the best because you deserve the best. Then with ginger, ginger is incredible because it really helps with pain as well, especially before your period. But if you have some freshly grated ginger tea, I would have that and sip on that all day long. Your gut is going to thank you for it, but also great for pain management. Then the last tip is to occasionally have melatonin, okay? It can really help with menstrual pain, pain with urination, pain with bowel movements. And melatonin is created by actually enough sunlight during the day. And as soon as it gets dark, we secrete melatonin to be able to go to bed at night. So getting enough sunshine is going to be key. Without sunscreen though, at least 10 minutes, 10 to 20 minutes, then foods like pineapples, bananas, and oranges can actually help to increase melatonin levels. How cool is that? Then at night, I also recommend not having all the lights on at the house or if you're getting ready for bed. I recommend even having a night light or having the hallway light on instead so that your body doesn't feel like it's getting up. Okay, so we need darkness to secrete melatonin. Okay, so... Managing endometriosis pain and really looking at, at, at it strategically, making sure that we have gut health and hormone health and you know liver health all in check. So that comes down to a hormone balancing diet, supporting gut health, increasing magnesium, increasing turmeric and ginger, and increasing a healthy secretion of melatonin. And with melatonin, I just personally don't recommend using it long-term, but just something that would be therapeutic while you are really overcoming your symptoms here. Now, something that again is not talked about enough is the mind-body connection to endometriosis or even the energetic reason. If I say anything on here that does not resonate, please just take it with a grain of salt and if it helps you, then it, it brings me joy. But either way, I I'm, want to share this because I just don't think it's talked about enough. So 
the energetic reasoning, potential reasoning around endometriosis could be about a fear of having children and really more so about repeating history and maybe an attachment to independence or dependence, family trauma that might have had you leave feeling like you're not worthy of healthy relationships, um, that yeah, you that you might feel unloved and cannot be loved or deserve happiness, which obviously I hope you know, um, you are so loved, so cherished. And I know that having a difficult uh, upbringing can leave an imprint on us and feeling that, that we're not. And I understand that. Um, I really do. And so there might be this fear of repeating what would happen to you or a fear of a similar re- relationship with between you and your mom, for example, um, or just not wanting to have your child be in a difficult situation or instability. So there's something around that. And maybe it's not anything I said, but maybe there's a there's a thought that gets sparked and say, oh, well, let me explore this. Okay. And in my practice, I I love to provide journaling prompts and really hash this out and not in the therapy. Okay. I don't do any therapy and I highly recommend a wonderful therapist, but I do like to be able to bring out some of this within that we might not realize and really create an action plan such as, you know, going to therapy. There's um, some beautiful work called family constellations. I've never done it myself, but I'm going to have someone on the podcast actually to talk about it, but it really kind of goes through past family relationships and almost reenact certain things for healing. Uh, I don't think it explained it very well, but um, family constellations, body talk, right? Or different modalities where we unlock trauma in the body. Um, That's a really, really important one to look at. Okay, there's that motorcycle again. (laughs) Um, Another one is really looking at the mother wound right? Where maybe your own mother did not let you shine, or maybe she was envious. Um, there, There's so many different family dynamics. One guy I quite like, his name is Lauren Kren. So L-O-R-I-N space K-R-E-N-N. His work um, does a lot about father wounds, mother wounds. So I find that extremely important. Even if you don't think that you have something going on there, uh, I think we all do. I've done a lot of work on healing the mother wound, family wounds, father wounds, things like that, even though I really do feel like in the family household, I'm very grateful. Okay. But we all, we all have some level of whether it's trauma, um, some negative beliefs about ourselves or the world. And so, excuse me. So I'm going to encourage you to explore that if it resonates. Okay. And that is really going to be the energetic reasons. Okay. Um, that I want to chat with you about is, you know, maybe a fear of having children, a fear of repeating history, an attachment to independence or dependence even, uh, family trauma, etc. Okay. So I do believe that this goes hand in hand with nutrition, that nutrition is not the only way, but it is an inc- incredibly critical, important way to really overcome some of these symptoms. And if you feel like you've, you know, gone as far as you can on your own, and you would like to see what it would look like to work together, 
please reach out. I would be delighted to have a conversation with you. Okay, so that is what I wanted to chat with you about today are some of the symptoms of endometriosis, how it's diagnosed, maybe some of the root causes, and really looking at how to manage pain and looking at the mind-body reason. I hope that this episode helped. Please be sure to share it with a friend who might be struggling with this. And I look forward to seeing you for the next episode. Cheers, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please give the show a five-star review if you feel like you learned something new today. All of the mentioned links will be in the show notes. And also, are we connected on Instagram? Find me over at underscore luscious living underscore and come say hi. See you next episode.